commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Chris Comeback, and you're listening to Core World News. Your whole news of in-depth coverage with the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a Star Wars Day special. And may the fourth be with you. Now for your host, Ben Gratton discuss all the news. And of course, Bad Batch, Episode 1, Aftermath. All right. Thanks so much, Grex. Yeah. Uh, may the fourth be with you, everybody. Here we is, uh, Star Wars Day. Um, great that. stuff. Yeah. Good to see you guys. May the fourth be with you guys. It's good to see you on a Tuesday. Um, and yeah, um, could just, we can't see anyone listening, but if you're out there, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate it. Um, hope you had a fun day today. Did something special for yourself regarding star wars um it's the holiday no one knew they needed uh but we're glad it's there um so today we're going to talk about uh, all the fun things that popped up um from lucasfilm um for the special event uh definitely we're going to talk about uh the first bad batch episode will be which will be great but a bunch of other stuff uh came out today too that i totally didn't expect um a lot of fun things for disney plus uh, subscribers. Um, if we, we saw these, these three new little videos that came out, they had a, mm-hmm. their own subject heading, um, along with bad batch just for May the 4th. And, um, we had, uh, something called star Wars biomes, which there was a pillar we did, um, several ago, probably 10 or 20 ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, star Wars fly throughs, um, and then a special Simpsons star Wars mashup, which came out of nowhere um any favorites from you guys of uh this extra content uh star wars biomes standout uh yeah content for me like i yeah. will have that in the background uh on on loop for a long time coming yep. it's like blade runner 2049 it's like one of these movies is just aesthetically gorgeous you know it's like this stuff it's like samsara or baraka if you if you watch those ron frick movies yeah. it's it's wonderful um yeah i really wish they would add a like repeat button to that just like just right. let it go it's it's 18 minutes long um for those of you who haven't seen it and they just do like these flyovers as if you're like in a you know flying a drone in a star wars um locale i think they did six of them yeah do you um, want do you want the list yeah, why don't we do? I have it here actually. All right. Um, so we have. Uh, yeah, I hope this isn't too spoilery because it is kind of fun to go through. So, spoiler wall earplugs if you don't want to hear what's in it because it's kind of fun. But um, they do Hoth, Tatooine, Sorgan, which is um, from the Mandalorian, yeah. uh, Crate, Mustafar, and Vader's castle, um, and Act Two. Um, so. Uh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's yeah, like yeah. it it just I just sat down and I instantly knew like there's no dialogue. There's really light score, which is like original score. Yeah. And, you know, but mixed with like old, like classic score, really light and then very light sound design um, and a little bit of animation over these things through, you know, very, um, very recognizable objects within these landscape. I'll just say that. Um, but it's so fun. So fun. Did you have a, a favorite of those six? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, this is a real spoiler, but the the final push to Octu at the end of this uh, vignette is wonderful. Like I, it's a great, it's a it's a push and a drone over the island of, of Octu. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but Vader's castle. I mean, come on, that's it's really good. It just hangs <laughs> on Vader's castle for the longest yeah. time, and I was like, oh well, thank you. Like this is exactly what I need. At all. Yeah, I wanted this so bad. And then you also get um, Krennic's shuttle landing on there, yeah. and so it sort of lands in the distance. But then you sort of follow his landing trajectory, and you see the ship on the landing pad yeah. at Vader's castle, which was a rose a couple questions because I'm like, where's the door? I need to know these things. Like I know. Vader's castle, yeah. But, but at least it actually puts into proportion how large the castle is because it's just like sort of this brutalist monolith on a horizon and all the other stuff we've seen. But this put it in perspective. I mean, that was amazing. It's kind of neat. They tell these little vignettes almost, right? Like they're, they're actually yeah. moments from the film. Like Hoth, we get it during the attack. Yeah. On Echo Base and Tatooine, we start with the droids. We also get Luke or someone with the exact same land speeder as Luke. We get 
And Sorgan, we get the Razor Crest get coming in and Crate we yeah. get during the battle. Crate was my favorite um, for visual. I want that as a screensaver or wall art on a loop, like just something about the trails yeah. and then just yeah. watching the, the yeah, because instead of focusing on the horizon, it's a straight down mm-hmm. shot. So you just see, it's like a very Japanese yeah. end garden, like red yeah. vines being drawn in white um, yeah. salt. And then I love the, the, uh, the not footprints, um, the like tread marks of yeah. the M six, eight, six and the, uh, uh, and the walker and all that. <laughs> it was a cool thing. It was a really but, neat trail. Yeah. Yeah. But you, so you can't understate how chill this video mm. is. This 18 minutes is it's the, it's just totally my happy place. Like I could just anytime go there and just feel Mel. I had it on, I, I kept pressing repeat while I was Me reading too. Thrawn. We're going to yeah. do Thrawn at the end of the week. Hopefully if we can get there, uh, it's a big book. Um, we'll see. and big book. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Um, but so I've, I've been scrambling, trying to pack in time to read Thrawn, but it was so chill. I had the little light background and some sounds and listen, like reading the book. It was fun. This is, uh, from work. This is my bit, literally one of the busiest weeks of the, of the two weeks of my entire year. Uh, and so I love May the 4th because like, I will like dole out these little things, but I, I, that was the first thing I watched this morning. And I don't know why I just thought like, maybe this is here. And I'm so glad I did because when I was doing work, I literally just had my iPad next to my laptop and just kept every 18 minutes just hitting restart and just having it on in the background, like weirdly was just so relaxing. And I usually, I usually work to music, but just having that, uh, was, was so good. Um, I also really enjoy that they, they ended with Mustafar and Octu because there was like this yeah. juxtaposition of the dark side and the light side was amazing. Like, and I know that, but just seeing like the darkest, dark place we've seen in the lightest light place we've yeah. seen though i guess octu is a little more about balance but just seeing those two next to each other was was so cool yeah it was really great um also similar vibe to the um space or starship fly throughs um they just did they had two episodes they're both about three or four minutes each um and they get right down into the grimy grimy on the millennium falcon and um and also it's actually a first order star destroyer um and obviously you can't cover a whole star destroyer but they did a lot of the hallways and the control panels and um a lot of things from the movie um but it was cool that's like totally my thing i have all the cross-section books i like want to imagine myself in like the bowels of these ships like walking around and going up catwalks and where the bedroom it like i imagine myself taking a nap in like a you know star destroyer or something somewhere <laughs> like i always love I, I just love imagining these spaces um so that's a that's a fun thing too i hope they do more episodes it'd be great if they kept dropping more yeah same with Lions. i i think so um i have a theory so so like the vehicle fly through to me seemed is really cool but it seemed easy to do in a way because i have a feeling the millennium falcon is the one from galaxy's edge yeah that they're going through the yeah. star destroyer is first order so they probably have that those sets pretty pretty well established so that's not a hard thing to do right to just atmospherically push cameras through and do all the stuff the biomes on the other hand took some cgi right took some drone work some cgi work and i'm like you know maybe they did it out of the goodness of their heart but but my wife and i are trying to figure out why would you do this to put this on a platform streaming platform that's not going to get any additional viewers you know it is may the 4th so so you know i i'm always kind of the the person that's trying to figure it out and i think i might have an idea of where this came from and tinfoil hat is i don't know if either of you have ever been on the disney ride at at either park called sorry oh okay wonder okay if they weren't planning on doing a special soren Star Wars edition, and they decided to drop this because what else are you can do with that footage while you're waiting a year? Because now they're probably gonna have to wait till next May yeah. to drop it. But because they, if you've ever been to the parks, even pre Galaxy's Edge, they do a lot of Star Wars stuff like Space Mountain, they Star Wars it up, which is really fun. They have all like the uh, nice. X Wing sound effects and stuff, and you see like light shows and everything. And and you get an amazing thing on Space Mountain is when you get the music, they just do the Star Wars music while you're in Space Mountain, which is amazing. So that's my tinfoil theory is that this was developed to to overlay on Soren. Absolutely, it looks totally like those like IMAX super shows where they yep. go like underwater adventure and like. That's exactly like that's what it felt like. I'm like, I need a TV that's 
five times as big as my TV right now and just like get in it. Just yeah. like get in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it seems a great like it's call. Almost cutting room floor footage from possibly like Octu feels like it could have been shot on, you know. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's not entirely digital, is it? Like, I don't. The, the, no, I don't. No. Some it is. Some that's, of it isn't. On Octu, Octu definitely isn't is. digital. No. The one that only felt digital to me was weirdly Tatooine. That, for some reason, felt really digital to me. But the rest of them seemed like real locations with digital overlay. I have a question. The, the Star Destroyer hull, like the, the bulk hull of the Star Destroyer, was that a model or was that a digital Star Destroyer? That was digital. a model. No, I, I imagine that was a model. Oh, <laughs> oh actually, like a shot, just like scrolling uh, past the fly through. Yeah, you're right. And they do the the classic undershot. I thought it was going to be like an original trilogy Star Destroyer, but then they sort of turn it around and you're like, oh, yeah. no. But yeah. it has that weird like sandwich layer that someone brilliantly was like, well, everyone loves like Starfighters racing next to a Star Destroyer. Imagine if they could go through the Star Destroyer like they did. And it's yeah. really fun. They make you go through it in um, Battlefront 2's yeah. uh, Starfighter level, and it's super fun to fly yeah. in that or in around that um, that ship. So. I don't. Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, again, mix of both. But you're right. They, I'm sure they have a um, a miniature um, of that ship somewhere. Um, so yeah, hopefully they'll do more of those. Um, another uh, big thing that is there's always stuff for sale. Um, but if you are into Star Wars video games and you haven't bought any video games that you wanted to buy, they're all on sale right now, about seventy percent off. So um, there's massive sales everywhere. I think Squadrons had a couple new skins they released today, which is probably the most active currently. Um, I also saw a list of the the highest sales, the top 10 highest sales of Star Wars video games ever. And uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2015 was the highest, yeah. highest sales. I saw that. Uh, which is kind of wild because I think it was the first of its kind and it was the only game for like two years. Um, so they had plenty of... Yeah. Being... Pretty. They also sold the expansion packs, right? So it was if you were like me, you you paid sixty bucks for the game and you did forty bucks for the season pass, or you bought them ad hoc for twenty bucks a piece. So um, there, it was a more valuable game. But I think most people would prefer that than the, the like pay to play model they almost rolled out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was number one, and. Um, yeah, and uh, I think it was tied with, and then Fallen Order was uh, close behind that, and then Battlefront Two, twenty seventeen. Nice. We're gonna get, I think, so we're getting a, and we know in the cards we're getting a Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, Star we are. Wars game. That'll yeah. be exciting. That'll be a good time. I want them to start making the sausage man. Just like start, yep. like I went down on an Assassin's Creed hole for a while, and uh, it was great. I had an awesome time with um, uh, Valhalla. I thought it was really fun. I did the whole game, um, and I so and I enjoyed it so much. I went back and played a bunch of Odyssey, and then sort of fell off for a bit. But um, yeah, I hope like they they put out an Assassin's Creed game every year. That's what Odyssey I that's what I'm fantastic. expecting. Yeah, no, yeah, big game. It's massive. It is massive. It's massive. I, I can't. You can't even do everything in that game. Like I was just, like already doing triage in the first level. I'm like, I just, I just can't like clear out every one of these things. It's something like it's it's like a four hundred hour game or something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, Fell Hall is easier to wrap your head around. They they definitely made that one a tighter a tighter thing. But if you like into Odyssey, go for it. Yeah, quick I mean, to rank up. is a just a memorable gaming character for me. Like one of the best characters I've played as in a game. Like I love playing as a Cassandra, that story. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll get some great, we'll get a great offering from Ubisoft. I mean, it's all right there. They don't have to make the, you know, they don't have to reinvent their gaming mechanics. They can really yeah. port over the, all the, you know, stuff they use for um, Assassin's Creed and just change up a couple things, figure out how to swing a lightsaber and, um, you know, and then instead of islands, it's planets, hopefully. And hopefully there's tons and tons and of And the regional bosses can be like, you know, at first it's a smuggler or just some kind of like low level syndicate character. And then it becomes a Jedi or a Sith. And then it becomes, you know, it gets more difficult. But yeah. Yeah. The Assassin's Creed but, model is fantastic. Yeah. yeah it, it just works. You kind of, um, yeah, emergent events and regional bosses and open world it's it's all you can yeah 
stuff. I wonder how open world they make it. They could kind of like there could just be like a Nell Hutta game, you know, so you sort of bop mm. all the like hut space planets. That and... would be incredible. That's a great pitch. It's yeah. another yeah. world game, but it's just jumping to the different hut families and, you know, working for them and obviously yeah. other syndicates that are involved. Yeah, totally. Double crosses. I mean, that's what Odyssey is all about, right? You can sort of play for either side if you want. I mean, it's ripe. You could be a bounty hunter. It'd be sweet. Um, maybe you get force powers. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Be wild. Be buck wild. But it'd be a great way to sort of learn about the um, different areas of the galaxy. It, it was really that was one of my favorite episodes we did was when we talked about the geography of the galaxy. Because it really gave me sort of an idea of what it, you know, what there is. There's not much there. It's really sort of like north, south, east, west, and in a, in a core. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, tingle arm, wild space, hut space, and um, the unknown regions. So uh, deep core. So I want to build off that for a second to maybe the other part of uh, content other than Bad Batch that came out, which is the um, which is the Simpsons short. Yeah, uh, and I have a lot to say about it, but there was a scene where in the daycare that Maggie's staying in, we can go into more um, d- detail, but there's a, literally a scene where it shows the galactic map and it says, you are here. Oh, really? And I really wanted to freeze frame it and pull out one of our maps from that episode to be like, where? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a Northwest top quadrant, but I don't remember. I have to, I have to come back and look at it to see if I can, it's not enough detail, but I feel zero into some possible locations. That's what Gordis is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of Easter eggs in there. I mean, very much in the spirit of like Robot Chicken special or Family Guy special. It's nice to see um, the writers at The Simpsons take a swing yeah. at it um, with some synergy there. It a lot of deep cuts. Lot like it, it's only like three and a half minutes, but there's probably fifty references in there. <laughs> I know it's so many. I just watched it once and and it was just like i was overwhelmed right like i was just like i was like wait this that that no wait, wait that that thing oh wait that thing too over there oh wait is that hammerhead what's going on <laughs> yeah um my favorite gag was an obvious one but it was just uh ahsoka is like one of the the nurses like <laughs> oh, yeah. the teachers like wrangling children and whenever they misbehave she just dips them in carbonite and hangs them up on a rack yeah. and there's like a rack of 10 kids she's like nope you're in carbonite you're yeah. in carbonite. <laughs> that was like a kind of a funny play on Ahsoka, but all right. So as a person who has realized that I, nothing is actually ironic by the definition of irony, which in and of itself is ironic. And I think now I've, if we were in Star I, Trek rules, I may have melted brains of androids, but yeah, I was putting up, a, I was putting up a baby gate while I was watching that. So uh, is that ironic? That's fate. That's coincidence. Destiny. <laughs> all right. Coincidence. Kismet. Um, I think they found like baby Yoda's companion in the show. Cause like little like Maggie Yoda is, is hanging out with BB eight. And I was like, this would be a great, like it'd be great to see live action BB eight and Grogu. Like that would be incredible. Yeah. I would, that be, would be incredible. I'd pay money for that. <laughs> I also, <laughs> yeah, that's price of admission. I also like this, this episode and, and they did it on purpose, but the, the little short was like really sad. There's a scene where BB eight is, is just rolling through other BBs and getting beat up and just destroyed. And I'm like, that's, this is upsetting me. Yeah. Stop hurting BB eight. I know. Yeah. It was like, what the heck? But he, he finished his mission and then, and then Maggie died, which was like, wait, what? Yeah. Um, yeah, this, um, the I don't grievous, know, just the grievous, oh, oh. the grievous bit. <laughs> Yeah, of course, Grievous is changing diapers. Like, you want a guy with four arms chasing diapers. and Changing diapers, it makes sense. Oh, God, I wish I had four arms. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's a struggle. Yeah. Man, I was just thinking about Mandalorian again. I'm just going to say, we just <laughs> talked about Ahsoka. I'm putting but, on the helmet, guys. Yeah, put on put on your Mando helmet there, um, Grant. Um, the Yeah, I'm only going to put it over the thing. Um, I was just like, she refused the call to train Grogu and like that might end up being the same mistake in reverse that Yoda did when he did train Luke or did they, when that Ewan made when he did train Anakin. Yeah. You know, like it's, but it's like by refusing the, the call, like she actually, she would have been the best teacher for Grogu, right? No matter what, what, because of her experience. Yeah. And one thing I'll remind you. 
And now he goes to Luke and it's like, no, that's the worst guy. <laughs> he goes to Luke for now. Remember, refusing yeah. the call is only the first step of the journey. True. And True. we're not we're going to see Ahsoka again. So I, I have a feeling yeah. that Grogu may end up with Ahsoka in the end. Ooh, that's a good. A good yeah. Mistake. I like that. So that's that's what I was thinking as well. I, I, I'm hoping that um, the fans get to make that through that journey. They sort of understand because I, I think it's a point a lot of people overlook. It's like, no, like. But like Qui-Gon was dead on. Ahsoka's dead on. It's like it's healthy skepticism, which is yeah. like afraid to say right now because everyone's a skeptic. But um, but there is a certain amount of like logical skepticism there. And and I think yes. she's she's evolved. And so hopefully through this cadre of of people that are around Grogu um, and Grogu himself will sort of understand, you know what? Luke is down a weird path. I don't, I, I'm not getting bad vibes off this Kylo kid or this Ben Solo kid. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to just, you know, follow my heart and go see the, the Mandalorian again and, um, and work with, with Ahsoka. We'll see. Yeah. Sorry. That was my, my weird, my, the, my, <laughs> my Mando tangent for this, uh, segment. But it's allowed uh, you are on a Star Wars podcast. It is May right. the 4th. It's at least we it's do time. make time for these sorts of things. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, <laughs> worth it. Oh, and oh, I was going to read another news story. My cat literally just turned off my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, wait, there it comes back. OK, uh, so the uh, only not only, but another piece of news that dropped today was a bit about the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, which we've talked a bit of before, but that's the hotel at oh, Disney nice. World. Um, and they've talked the most about it. Like they actually had a feature on the star Wars website for the first time. Um, it, it's now coming out. It's now premiering in 2022. So that got delayed a little bit. We also got the first look at a, at the type of lightsaber we're going to see Ray using in that, uh, event. And had, did you see the video of that? Wait, what? Yeah. On the, so Ahsoka's on the cruiser, on the which I'll talk a little bit about, there will be an encounter with Ray because you're going to get an encounter with Chewbacca and Kylo when your when your cruiser's taken over. So that's something that happens. So I don't know the entire story, but we do get Ray. We get a lightsaber, which is going to be Luke's lightsaber, and uh, that lightsaber, or no, Anakin's lightsaber. But anyway, that lightsaber uh, looks like current generation lightsabers, except it actually extends. Wait, what? So, yeah. So, so you know, like the lightsabers you buy in Galaxy's Edge now? And uh, when you turn it off, it just still has that tube. Yeah. That yeah. tube now disappears. And it looks the, the, the visual of it, which is just an act, which is just an act, a visual of, of an actress turning around and turning a lightsaber on, <laughs> looks like a lightsaber you'd see in the movies. What? So, I don't know what that technology right? is. I don't know how it works. One you don't thing think else, they just did a special effect for the nope. promo? They are selling this as we have we have real lightsabers now in quotation marks. They don't actually cut people's arms off, but they do. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I I will say if you watch the video, you watch her turn around, you see her arms are very stiff. So I'm guessing she's hiding a cord of some kind attached. So I don't know how that works. If it's inflatable. Is this like a Theranos thing where they're like, it could work. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, we got two years to figure this out, people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like getting the getting uh getting people on the moon, men on the moon, right? It was like they lied about their timetable to to uh to uh get people motivated. Um but they released a little more about this stuff. So basically, uh you you go into this terminal uh at Walt Disney World. So this is how you get onto the Galactic Cruiser, the Halcyon, and um you what you're actually getting on is a shuttle that takes you takes you to it. And so in that shuttle, you have view screens and you actually see yourself lifting off from a planet. Oh, my gosh. See, this Where is exactly what you talked about last Ray? week. Where do you encounter Ray? Patience. I'm getting there. <laughs> is it is it like a monorail or is it like a van? I my guess is it's just a room. And and similar, oh, okay. and they just make it feel like you're doing that. And then basically, it's what they look. It's it's Disney. They do this all the time. You step in one side, you feel yeah. like you're traveling. You haven't actually got anywhere. You step out the other side, and you're in the Star Wars hotel for two nights. It's a two night journey, um, and two days, two nights. You're basically getting to wrapped into this overall galactic conflict. Um, they're going to be. Um, Watch from windows. You'll actually, where is it? Um, 
they'll have an itinerary just like any other cruise. So you'll see a set list of planets that you're going to visit that you'll you'll see. But apparently it kind of sounds like things are going to get wrapped into the story. You might get boarded by the First Order. My guess is you're going to get saved by Rey and Chewbacca. And nice. you are part of the action just in Galaxy's Edge. So you can get little missions, little things to work on. You can choose which side you're going to work for to help Ooh. the mission going along. And the one thing they said very clearly in this thing is like, by the way, if you're totally into this, you can cosplay as much. And if you're just there with the person who loves Star Wars, you can sit in the cocktail lounge and have galactic cocktails and watch the story unfold. Um, but the other thing they said, yeah, it's amazing. And I think they didn't say it in this article, but in another one I read, one of the stops is Galaxy's Edge. So you actually do like a day trip to Galaxy's Edge. So you land and go to Galaxy's Edge and Batuu and then come back. Um, that's the way to go. Yeah. And like, you actually see like the planets you're visiting or going to asteroid fields, the everything's true. So you can go to the cockpit and you see the cockpit, you see, you see stars coming at you. If you go to the left side, right side, port side, you actually see like, it's all fully immersive. It sounds amazing. And they, they encourage cosplay. And this is a quote from the direct, from the, one of the Imagineers said, so if you want to have a twilight Leku and a full robe, we are, we are all all for it aboard the Halcyon. So basically you can come full cosplay with actual like wow. stuff. So, yeah. I, mean, I love that. That's so inclusive and it's incredible. It's going to be. You're allowed to don so Jedi robes. Expensive. <laughs> <laughs> All, I don't no price tags, but it is going to be prohibitively expensive. I'm guessing based on some of the, some of this stuff. I mean, well, I, start I'll, saving I'll now. Try to do it, I'll, I, I would love to do it. 2022, uh, Star Wars uh, Core World News field trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> Wait, in is that where you stay? Is it is it a resort where you stay, or is it like just a ride? No, but Grant, this is two days, two nights. You're on a cruise. It's an experience cruise. Yeah, it's oh, it's cruise theory. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's all I got. Well, good luck after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. do you want to get locked in a small <laughs> tiny box with a bunch of other humans a lot of recycled air yeah i'm sure 2023 but, is going to be a, a, a breeze there's sure. we're not even going to be we're barely going to be thinking about our hundred masks we have in our house if we buy our tickets in advance is it going to be as pricey i mean we could ah uh, pricier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep an eye out we'll see uh that sounds like a blast that sounds super fun um, any other tidbits? There was so much stuff that came out. Um, I, I checked out all the um, art on Disney Plus again. Yeah. Check that out. There's cool. uh, the new uh, fan art and stuff up um, for all the different uh, media. It's great. Um, if you saw the uh, fan art for Attack of the Clones, it proves why Attack of the Clones is the best Star Wars movie of all time. <laughs> right. Uh, Mullet Obi-Wan is the best Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. Uh, awesomeness. I wonder if He'll have another go round with a mullet on uh, in his standalone. Oh, uh, I hope so. Try that out again. Trying to go undercover. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. The video game stuff was 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 big, but uh, no trailers, um, nope. which is a bummer. No teasers. No behind the scenes for any of the new things. Um, pretty pretty mild Star Wars day. Yeah. Um, but we got some good stuff, and we got um, the first episode of sixteen episodes um in season one of the bad batch and it was an hour and 13 minutes it's like, long. It's basically a movie yeah it's like a feature film animated um and it's it was beautiful um gentlemen what a i mean it, so it's long a lot of stuff happened there i don't even know where to start with this one um i don't think we need to go through the whole thing but it was like it was like a film um yeah you guys happy to see the bad batch squad back I mean, I was uh, I was happy to see them back, and I remember sympathizing and and loving the Crosshair character and, and loving the whole crew. <laughs> and when I took the quiz Oops. last week, I got Hunter, which I love that I got Hunter because in, after seeing this episode, I was like, oh, he is he really is the heart. Like when there's the mind, the muscle, the you know everything, he's the heart. And it's I, I, I'm excited to see the arc of that character throughout the show, but um, and it, it's just hard hitting and heartbreaking in the beginning, of the first ten minutes of this episode, the first fifteen, yeah. just tense. Um, love this. I mean, I love this. It was like an hour. It was like a, a mini movie. Yeah, 
Yeah. How many times do we got to get dragged through Order 66? Yeah, oh, know. my God. It's it just like, I'm like, oh, good. We're we're back here. So, like, it picks up, like, right, like, yeah, where the other one left off, where um, Season 7 of the Clone Wars left off. Um, great bumper screen where the Clone Wars melts away and the Bad Batch is left. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say, you know, to, to answer your question, was I was it happy to see the Bad Batch? Um, to be honest, the, those episodes of the final seasons of the Clone Wars might have been my least favorite episodes of the Clone Wars. I was just I was kind of lukewarm on, on them. Um, you know, it's fine. Uh, but boy, do I really like this show. Like I, I saw these characters and they didn't the characters are the characters from the Clone Wars, but just to give them their own and 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 Grant, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like I feel like Hunter's the heart, and we just we everyone got a deeper look, right? And I feel yeah. like these characters and and just seeing just it was weird, right? Because when we saw them last, they're part of the larger clone army. We knew in season seven of the Clone Wars that we're leading up to Order 66. So I was already in that show disassociating myself from the clones knowing they're about to slaughter all the jedi right. and so now seeing this ragtag group uh the mission was fun like going back to just save a child um you know yeah. how can you not root for them and just great character development i i was really impressed with um how slow the show took things at times yeah 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 that's that feloni he's learning man he's really cutting his teeth yeah. again i just i just saw the the jedi episode that he directed and it's like it's really, really takes borrows from Kurosawa and and um, Sergio Leone. It's like it's a chill. Like there's just scenes that breathe, and it's like, I mean, you can never go wrong stealing from those two directors and those two influences because they're so right for Star Wars. And yeah, I feel like his pacing is really on point, and um, he's he's becoming a an even better director now. Yeah, he really is. Um. Yeah, it was fantastic. I loved going back to Camino. How much Camino did we get here? Like, <laughs> this is, I've been wanting, I've been missing Camino. I wanted more yeah. of this. I want yeah. more of the Kaminoans, Lama Sue back in action. Ooh, um, yeah, and they have their own, stuff. yeah, they have their own agenda now. And um, it's, uh, yeah, and it, and, and I don't know, it's great there. And I, I just like being there. And they're like, oh, home sweet home. I love their, they have a great room. It's like this, like, loft yeah. apartment in the uh in camino with a massive bay window that looks out over the perpetual thunderstorm which seems really cozy it does <laughs> it really does um i just yeah there's so much good thing. And, and one thing i want to say is like the animation and i think we talked about this before it's just like the animation of the clone wars when it started was really really good but man it's beautiful I, it's yeah. it's there's a moment at the beginning in that beginning vignette, which I'm sure we'll talk about where crosshairs is running down a mountain with Hunter. And like, you see crosshairs start sliding on the snow. Wow. And it looks so real. Like it looks so like I've yeah. been like, I we've all been there where you lose your footing and you just start sliding down for a little bit. Like it just, it, yeah. it was really well animated, really just beautiful. Yeah, there was a. Oh, sorry. Please no, I was just wondering, how did you guys feel about Crosshair in this episode? Because I, he, I felt he was almost despicable at times. But then, I didn't know if it was programming, or programming, or he was, you know, he he was someone who we should lose sympathy with. Because I was very upset with <laughs> the arc, the immediate turn, the immediate turn got me. I was like, wow, okay, this guy is deadly. He's a lethal. He's the killer of the group, and he's just not going to change. Right. Well, we got some exposition on him there, too, which he yeah. said, like, ultimately, his Order 66 chip was working, but not as well as it right. should have been working. Um, it was, like, damaged, but it still had. I mean, it was, I, mean I, I gave Crosshair the benefit of the doubt where it's, like, clear his chip was still yeah. feeding him instructions. And that is the crux of the, the tragedy of the clones, right? They're like, you know, they're tools and they're but they're they have almost have free will. Like they almost have it. But then but going he, after children, is like up. it's it was just tough to see them just immediately. It was that was the, it's the darkest part of that entire thing, which is which is hard to relive, which is why I, I, I get the criticism of like, I can't believe we're back here. Order 66. Like we've seen yeah. it so many times. Like, right. This is this is tough to watch. But yeah. Um, but this time around, I think it was very artful. And I, I love what uh, Floney did visually with 
Kanan's and Deepa Blava's story. I thought it was beautiful. Like I, it's it's so beautiful that, that he walks away. The pacing of the scene, just like I, it's reminiscent of a few films that um, the names are, are not coming to mind right now. But um, it's like he's he's like twenty yards away, and then hears like a the scuffle happening, and then and then she's under attack and he races back and he doesn't know what he should do. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating block. Yeah. Like the scene yeah. is really well blocked out and it really is. It's, it's wonderful pacing. Like I, I, I can't wait to see what Filoni does in the, the live action space when I know it's a, a feature. Right. Yeah. So why don't we talk about, uh, we, we get to see uh deep Balaba. And so as soon as you see that, you think, okay, her Padawan is Caleb Dune, um, yep. also known as Freddie Prince jr. I'm just kidding. Um, also known as Kane and Jarrus from the Rebels, which makes sense. That's a Filoni connection. And he's always, yeah. you know, he's fleshing out his characters um, when he can. Um, so for comic readers out there, there uh, was a comic about this moment. Um, and I don't have the number of the comic, but it was a Kanan series. Right? Kanan and the Last Padawan. And they covered Order 66 and the death of Deepa Balaba in issue two. Right. And so um, this was information. So people are like, it got retconned or I mean, it was so this scene was different in subtle ways, though. They both do match up together. And what we we talked about it off air. But what I think it's meant to be is in the comic, you see Kanan Jarrus reflecting on the event and telling the story as he remembered it. And that's what you see in the comic. And then in the Bad Batch, we actually see how it really yeah. went down. Um, and so that sort of explains the discrepancy. Are you saying they were told from a certain point of view? <laughs> two different points of view? Exactly yeah. what I'm saying, Grant. And, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me. Because in the Bad Batch, we see him meeting the Bad Batch right before this happens, right? Like, he, he doesn't know who the Bad Batch are. He just says, these clones are different. And then sees his master get killed and then gets chased by the Bad Batch. And so in his mind, like when you're when you're telling the story and you're thinking about this, are you going to remember that you met this weird clone group right before? And you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't remember that. You just remember being chased by clones. Right. Right. And I think the most telling part is in the comic. He begins. He's with Deepa Balaba when the clones turn and is fighting the clones alongside and then is told to run and runs which is like what you would tell yourself you did in a situation like that, as opposed to what we see in the bad batch, which he made the right decision in the bad batch, which is his master told him to run. He ran, but you're going to tell yourself a different story because you tried as hard as you could. You did everything you could. Right. And so, right. And everything in his body is telling him to go back and die alongside. I think you would remember that, uh, that, that leap across the chasm though. I think you would remember that and maybe tie that to the person you were running away from. Yeah. That that was another fugitive moment that I loved. But also, yeah. it was like a Matrix homage because the music was the same. <laughs> it was the same music as the Matrix when when the the jump simulation. It There's was almost identical. The, yeah, it's really. I, I I had the same Matrix thought because, but so much so as I didn't think he was going to make it. Right, like so much so yeah. I thought it was the first one. And I thought he was yeah, going to pull apart Simpson and fall down. Yeah. And but I, you know, or, or I guess a Homer. Uh, and so, but one thing is, I remember when I was watching this live this morning. Um, I had this thought because they, 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 he lands on the other side and you see Hunter looking at him and then he disappears, right? You kind of just see this like watching him and that plays to a, a plot point a little later. But to me, it just felt like, oh, we're saying goodbye to the Jedi in this series. Mm-hmm. Like that scene felt like a, like, right. here's your Jedi, say goodbye because we're probably not going to see much of them at all in this series, right? This is all clones. Yeah. There. No, so it just felt like a really, neat way to like tell the story of like this is no longer the clone wars you're not going to get your jedi you're just getting this this bad batch yeah yeah it was a fun way to say goodbye to Kanan. yeah but he might yeah. come back i don't know we'll yeah see. i i wouldn't be surprised we got a lot of storytelling to do yeah i'd like to see a couple different jedi maybe some we haven't heard of before mm-hmm. um I, you know i want to see the galaxy get bigger and they have a really interesting opportunity here i mean this time period, sort of right after Order 66, has really only been covered in the comics through, like, Vader's eyes. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, a, and a handful of Jedi that Vader was hunting. Um, and I guess the... Well, I guess we, we got it through um, um, Fallen Order, 
right? We got it through Cal Kestis's eyes in that yep, video. Game, a little bit. It was a, yeah. a, a cool thing. But we haven't got it from the Clone Wars, uh, from the Clone's perspective. No. Um, and I think it, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities to show lots of different points of view about yeah. this. Um, or we we got Wilhuff Tarkin, um, who's Admiral Tarkin um, in this at this stage. He's not Moff Tarkin yet. Um, and we got a Saw Gerrera cameo. Um, yeah, oh yeah, sure did. When they go to Onderon, so that was that was cool. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, so I mean, I, I imagine it's going to do that. I think we've seen in previews they're going to go back to Coruscant at some point, which that's going to be amazing. Well, well, there's one big like plot device in the show. Like, there's one big plot element we haven't discussed yet. It's a character. It's a oh clone. right. Yeah, it's Omega. I'm sorry. I think you mean Omega. Omega, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone else calls her Omega. That's her New Zealand uh, accent. Oh, yeah. Omega. I, was, I, I, I didn't know. I, it was, I thought it was Alpha and Omega, but... It is. Yeah, it, it is. It's the Kiwi accent, right? She's the yeah. last clone, possibly. Like, the last... Um, ever. Right. Yeah, and that I is mean, uh, Michelle Ang, um, is yeah. the, the actress that voices her. So... Uh, not to, not to, well, I'll, you guys don't recall, but I remember when I say things that are correct. Uh, so when we first met her, we can go, I don't know what episode it was. My theory was that she was the last clone and she's a female clone from the same strand. You did. You nailed it. I nailed it. Yay. I'm so smart. I was like, that's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like the childlike empress from never ending story. Yeah. And I wrote, uh, Omega medical assistant odd though. Odd though that she has a New Zealand accent. I was writing in real time when I was writing this because I'm like, yeah, she's totally one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could tell a little bit. And then there's, uh, I thought Tech stole the show. I'm now I'm proud yeah, that my um, person was Tech when I took the the StarWars.com quiz of which batch character um, mm -hmm. you are. Um, he was a standout. Um, there was a great. It was funny. He's always on his like handheld device the whole time, which I think people can relate to. But actually going back to like this being beautiful, there's a scene where I think they're going through the jungle. And so you can see the like dappled light through the trees over their the, all their armor. And then he's holding this device up to his eyes. And it's just like his eyes and face is lit with this like white light from his handheld device. And it, I don't know, it was just gorgeous. Yeah. Was, like, the use of light, I mean, in digital art was just really beautiful. And they did a good yeah. thing. It really is like just those added elements that weren't there because they didn't have the technology to do it. It's just it just it's so immersive the way they do it and 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 artful. Like I just don't like yeah, just artful. Yeah. Well, Speaking yeah. of artful, I, I got a lot of Brett Breakfast Club vibes off of the Bad Batch. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I mean, there's a food fight. Yeah. They're the outcast yeah. group. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like it, I mean in, in their caricatures of themselves, right? Yeah. You slob slobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And Wrecker, who has his like teddy bear that he, you know, <laughs> takes with him everywhere. It's just, I don't know. It, it has some 80s sensibilities in it, really. I'll so, always but. say that Hunter is just doing Corey Feldman from the from the Lost Boys. <laughs> well, Lost Boys. Yeah. One of the Frog right. Brothers, but that's my yeah, own personal yeah, 100%. thing. 100%. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got some Rambo heat, but um, I choose to think of him as um, uh, the winning guy um, in Hot Shots Part 2. Oh, yeah. But um, what is it, Charlie? No, Charlie this? Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Thank you. Yeah, you can just yeah. go the winning guy. We all we all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope he's still winning wherever Charlie Sheen is. He's not dead, is he? No. Good. But Good. don't don't Google. <laughs> just yeah. move it on. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, the droids. There are a lot of planets. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. droids. No. Droids. Oh, no, yeah. So let me droids. talk about a couple of quick droid things, and we'll talk about planets. Uh, so when they switch to live rounds, when they're doing the training exercise, yeah, the droids look like prototype dark troopers. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was getting that energy too. There. Yeah, Not only and, they're painted gray, like training gray. Yeah, pretty and sweet things. Sniper, sniper shot to the knife to the stab. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> pretty amazing that was yeah that was a sick move um and then um there was a great droid there temporarily um that was an assistant to omega um and it was what azi and then was like their designation <laughs> this is a great guy oh yeah it was a lot yeah, yeah AZI, so Wait. in the credits it's listed as azi3 
Um, but I'm pretty sure it's uh three one four nine. Like he spells out like the first like ten digits of pi after yeah. <laughs> after yeah. this like AZI de- designation. Um, so I thought that was great. That was that was a gag they've never done yeah. before. It just keeps going on and on. It was great. I I really enjoyed that. There's a couple of really funny moments in in the show. Um, I also thought. You know, we talked about crosshairs. I, my theory with crosshairs is that we're seeing the evolution of the dark troopers. Okay. That he's the first dark trooper. Um, he is the black armor at the end of the episode. Mm. And he already has a helmet that looks somewhat dark trooper ish. Okay. And I, I'm wondering if they're going to keep experimenting on him through the series and he's just going to become more and more of that kind of, you know, we, 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 what, what book was that where we met some of the dark troopers? Do you remember that? What book was that? Oh, oh, you're talking about uh, the death troopers. Yeah. I kept saying dark troopers. Yeah. Sorry. Death troopers. I have it written oh, right here. It says oh, death that makes more sense because I that think that does make more sense. <laughs> there, there was, there was a period where I think troopers wore the dark trooper armor. Yeah. Um, I, and then I think that was like the one and then they eventually evolved to not need to have a trooper right. inside. No, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. Death troopers. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. I think we're going to see crosshairs become a death trooper. One of the first ones. That's, that's a great, time. that's a great call. That's a great call. It's a bummer though, because I'd hate to see, um, crosshair down. Like I kind of yeah, like their whole thing like is we like, we don't leave any, like we lost him in this episode and it's, it's but I mean, tough. now, now that they have, um, Omega there, she probably knows about the implants maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like so no. I thought for sure, like when they had them on the table, I'm like, all right, they're going to run in and they're going to use that. Cause that's the same table from, um, Clone Wars season seven, where they, that they used to take Rexes out with. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, they can, you know, they can do this and echoes as well. Wasn't echo there. I guess not. I forget. Like, I, I guess they, they just said like Echo's thing got fried, but I thought he was like the first one in an earlier season that got his taken out. Remember, it was like the ugh, there's so many Clone Wars episodes, but really the, like, the um, Psy. Uh, who was the Jedi that allegedly Sifo Diaz, like the Sifo Diaz arc? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, that yeah. was also the it was close to the um, Order 66 really? chip arc. And um, I thought that was when Echo got his move. I thought he was one, but maybe it was Fives, not Echo. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Fives. <laughs> You'd be surprised to know. I get the clones uh, confused. <laughs> I get it mixed up sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why. You're so different. You're so prejudiced. <sighs> well, that's why I like this group. This Bad Batch group. They are differentiated. They are. They feel more yeah. dynamic. It just feels a little bit more dynamic. It's not just you know a bunch of clones. Of uh, it's it's each one has their own little kind of. Uh, thing they do thing they do attribute it's cool well you know one thing that doesn't bode well for um crosshair coming back is um uh, omega's a really good shot yeah (laughs) yeah. she's what you would call a natural Mm -hmm. uh sniper so i'm curious if uh apparently the bad batch has a job opening um and maybe she's there to to fill it but uh we'll see We'll see. Omega can go in a lot of different directions. It's uh, true. Love. I think their transport, the Havoc Marauder, might be, it might be my favorite ship design. I, I guess in the new era of Star Wars, or in the last ten years, and I love that design. I think it's very Ralph McQuarrie and strange and kind of like boat-like. <laughs> Just yeah, odd. I love it. I do too. It's obviously like it's a variation of the of the shuttle, um, the the Imperial shuttle. But it's more sporty. It's like the Dodge muscle car version of the <laughs> thing. And it's got a, like a divided. Like if you look at the front, I saw it's like red and it looks like one of their helmets kind of. Um, so it's very much their whip. But yeah, it's a great, great vehicle. Great profile. Great silhouette. Um, so we talked about the people. Uh, we talked about Camino. Um, they went a lot of places, did a lot of things. Anything else we feel like? going through here uh where do you who do you think they're going to meet at uh in j19 or at j19 all right so what is j19 is that coruscant or is that an act just a designation uh i think it's i think they're referring to a sector so i should have looked it up okay yeah i think coruscant i guess that's going to be my uh because i saw it in the thing so um 
Sulirep sector. The Sulirep. Uh, J-19 sector in the galaxy. During the Clone Wars, several battles took place in the sector. The capture of Eeth Koth and subsequent battle of Sirifo, Ooh, as well could, as the they siege. They could do something with Eeth Koth. He does live past Orcs. Yeah. Wait, isn't that Aqual... Isn't that... um, Not the Aqualish. The uh, Mon Calamari? Is that where Mon Cal is? I don't know. It was during this Clone Wars ep- episodes, Grievous Intrigue, the Deserter, and the Jedi who knew too much. And then... Also in Revenge of the Sith. I also wonder, I have the Star Wars Galaxy map here, and Jay... Yeah, there you go. ...in Mustafar. Mustafar? No, that's K. Ah, so close. (laughs) Yeah. Playing with my heart here. I'm like, please don't take Omega to Mustafar. (laughs) Right. I know, right? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Saijo, that's what you had there. A Noth... Terminus, Imusop, Sideshow's kind of on the thing there. Polis Massa, that's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Manfa, Rutan, only so Polis Massa. Polis Massa is a good place to lie low. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so actually, if they go to Polis Massa, that I mean, that's where they could be meeting with. Um, they could be meeting with Alderon Delegate. Um, Bale, yeah, Bale, Bale, Organa. Bale Organa. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, wild. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That's so that's the the Star Wars Galaxy map, which is oh yeah, this is the new one because it's got the slice in it. Oh, all right. When Aze tells the the Bad Batch that they're defective, does that like that's definitely not the first time they've heard it that they're right, and then. That I almost took that to mean that they were gonna like, they had a shorter lifespan or something when 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 Az said that. I I don't know. That made me worry. I was like, is this show about them just kind of fading out and doing something very heroic at the end? It it might be. I took that as a comedy beat in the episode where he tells them that, and they're all kind of just like, yeah, we know, we know we're mutants. We've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. That's I did as well. You're just like, yeah, you're like just looking around it. like we don't look like everyone else. I don't. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you might still be on something, Grant. I mean, I feel like they definitely they do have short. I mean, clones, regardless of who they are, have the shortened lifespan. Right. Rex seems to be the weird anomaly. Yeah. Anomaly. And so I think they know that. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some sacrifice plays by some of them at some point. Yeah. It just yeah, this it just this episode was incredibly deep. I thought I was really, yeah, like just the stakes were very high. I was worried about the all of the members of the Bad Batch. I felt like this, I felt like any of them could have been taken out, especially during the combat training. And it was it was just a really like deep, adventurous, uh, cinematic experience that I thought was yeah, definitely top marks for Star Wars content. I mean, it's yeah. nice that we're telling stories with characters we don't know their fate, right? So, so for yeah. that reason too, because I was the same way. Grant, like, Wrecker kept getting like, yeah, <laughs> kept getting hit, and I was just like, are they just gonna kill him off? Because I, you know, they could, they totally could just do that, and so we'll see. Yeah. They could sort of pick them all off one by one, sort of over the course of the season, if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, because we don't know what they're gonna do, or what. Maybe this is really just leading to an Omega story. Um, who does she become? What does she do? Like, um, that could be interesting. I'm curious to what happens to the clones. Um, they had a great portrayal of Moff Tarkin or, uh, uh, Tarkin. I'm trying to remember his first name right now, but I can't. Will Huff. Will Huff. Thank you. Will Huff. Um, even better than Moff. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he's a dirtbag. Yeah. And he's he just like a money grubbing capitalist and, um, which is just nothing wrong with capitalism. Um, there's plenty yeah, wrong with it. There's a lot wrong with capitalism. There's a lot wrong with capitalism. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hypercapitalism, big issue. I, big issue. Right. Hey, granted, I I own a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. So he's like but a lot he's of things like, own me. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. Totally. Um. So he's all like he can save fifty percent by yeah. recruiting scrubs, and you know so the Kim and Owens are trying to be like uh this is obviously well at least this area's biggest client right 
Yeah. And they were planning on, you know, cranking these things out for a while. So Tarkin's trying to get out of his contract, which I think is just yeah, kind of that was an incredible scene. That was my favorite scene, I thought, in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Lama just, Su, the voice acting, the yeah. contract, the negotiation in that moment, yeah. and oh, so. Wilhoff saying, well, the Republic's fallen. Now the Empire. contract is with the, the other yeah. guys. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, so, what's a dirtbag move? <laughs> and again, it, like, it's, it's Star Wars doing this really good thing where, they, where they're trying to have to figure out things that they got written into right at some point they knew that stormtroopers not clones yet clones were the major force and they had to at some point explain that happening and why that was there and and being able to thread those needles in a way that felt natural like of course tarkin would come in and and look at ledger book and say yep just recruiting scrubs from around the galaxy is much cheaper than than paying for your cloning so we're gonna go with that thank you bye yeah um yeah, interesting tact. And there was even one but scene where they were not as well trained. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's like one scene where they're in the cloning facility and you see like a baby in a jar and I yeah. like, and I thought like Tarkin was going to flush the baby down the like tubes and be like, "Nope, we don't need yeah. any of these." Yep. Delete. Yeah. Can we talk about this episode and like like if you should watch it with your family or not? I was uh, like, you should is... not. <laughs> so I was like, this is an intense episode of yes, yeah. of Star I... Wars. I want to watch. I'm not actually in this, but part of me wants to watch the original Clone Wars cartoon movie next to this because, boy, did that show the evolution of storytelling in terms of like, we're going to be cute and tell a kind of cute missing hut story that's good for the entire family. And now we're here, however, 15 years later, however long later, and just like, oh boy, like this is not, and not like no, there's anything like, not that there's anything, there's no swearing, there's nudity. The violence is there for sure, but a lot of the violence is off screen. But man, it is it is heavy, heavy storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I felt the you know the same pangs of terror in, in watching this. I was like, oh, there's they're going after Kate. They're Kanan. Uh, yeah, okay. He's, yeah, on Onderon, Crosshair wants to take out these survivors. Many of them young children. I was like, this is intense like yeah i didn't know that this show was going to take this this darker return right and i mean that's what i thought was funny when i saw like how they wrote in omega and i was like okay sure it makes perfect sense right that's the key demo it's like an eight-year-old ten-year-old something like that you know the the target like intro demo for lucasfilm and trying to get but i'm just like if that kid wasn't here like this would be an animated oh. like thin red line like it, it would just yeah. be like yes. <laughs> it would be like, like platoon or something you know <laughs> but then like the moment of triumph for that child is to pick up a firearm and shoot someone yeah oh right right <laughs> i remember watching that going oh boy oh, oh boy, boy. Yeah, like it's it made sense with the storytelling, but I'm like, I don't necessarily want my kid to watch this and be like, oh, so blasters are this are the solution? Right. There's, the key is pick up a gun and start shooting. Aim and fire. You'll probably be good at it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. I, I mean, I, I was more, I don't know, thinking about that it was an homage to Princess Leia with her yeah. like, E11, you know, because yeah. like, it's the same blaster and um, yeah. it's somehow. 100% a hero moment. Like I was like, yes, when it happens, <laughs> like it was yeah. and it, fine for storytelling. But it's just funny where you think about like for kids, like this is the kids thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be good for my son who's, you know, eight. But uh, no, I feel like I'll show him show it to him, you know, with 10 or something because yeah, just the themes I feel are a little, a little I, tense. If he also, starts watching Clone Wars now, by the time he gets true. the bad bad. No, he loves Clone Wars, Clone Wars, but yeah. this this one is like, I don't yep. know. This is, we'll like, see how the whole season, you know, goes. Yeah. He also might be bored by it, to be honest. There are like long character moments. It's lots of character talking, moments. which I loved. But yeah. I'm like, as a kid, yeah. I'd be like, Wait, what, what are we doing now? Why, why are we having negotiations about 50%? Yeah, of, that's why I almost feel like it's cost. skewed for a little older <laughs> yeah. demo. Like, that's yeah, what's strange so. about it. I think it is. It is. It's like Band of Brothers for a little older kind of demo that watched Clone Wars, whatever yeah. age group that is, whatever the marketing demo is that they're tracking and i think it's smart because i think we get these young adult things now which is as when when i was a, a kid and, and ben probably same as you like they were like they're either like little kid books and a, and books for adults like there wasn't a lot of this like books for like 10 to 14 right like i felt like i was either at that time i were reading me like this is too young so i'll just read the gunslinger and then i got 
taken to the principal's office for reading a gunslinger at, at school. Um, <laughs> but like, but what else is I going to read? Um, but now I feel like they're understanding that you can tell stories that are not that are for older kids. Like this to me is like exactly 10 to 12, 13 is like a good range for this storytelling. They, kids can process this stuff, figure out the deeper themes and still be interested in it. But it's not uber violent or uber problematic. Yeah. Run on, run on. Um, I think we did it. Um, yeah. Good, uh, you know, happy May the 4th, everyone. Um, that was really fun. Um, looking forward to seeing the rest of this story pan out and mm-hmm. see what um, other goodies come down the line. Uh, I think right now we'll say we're really going to try and do Thrawn, the Thrawn book review on Friday. Um, yeah. But now that I'm seeing you both are as struggling as much as I am to get through it. We'll see. Uh, we'll try. We'll see. We'll if see. not, if not, there's uh, there's some comics coming out. There's um, uh, a couple things we got. We got comics coming out. There are two High Republic short stories from the last couple of insiders we could cover. Mm. Uh, both by Kevin Scott, so we can catch up on Kevin Scott stories. Um, and I think episode two of the Bad Batch actually drops. Oh, on Friday. On Friday. So if we don't get to Target, or not Target, if we don't get to to that, we'll have plenty of stuff to cover. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And all in all, Bad Batch is some of the best Star Wars storytelling. Really good. In a yeah. It's current. It's the newest thing that they're putting out. That's a narrative Star Wars story. So. Um, it's great. I can't wait to to uh, revel in it. All right. Till then. Um, thanks very much, everyone. And uh, make the uh, how does this go? Make, make the, the force. force with you. <laughs> yeah. Make the force with people. Uh, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah. <laughs>